All right, welcome to another episode of Kiwi Scan Stories, where neighbors meet neighbors. Today on our Get to Know the Mayor Candidate series, we have Katie Petros. She was past Kiwi Scan Council member from 2016 to 2020, former PTA president and school board member for St. Stephen's School, chairperson of the Kiwi Scan Dog Park Committee, and is currently a financial analyst for Pilot. It's a startup that runs the financial part of other startups. Katie has been a resident of Kibiskane for 29 years. Katie, thank you so much for joining us on the show. How are you doing today? I'm great, Alejandro. Thank you so much for having me and providing this opportunity for the residents of Kibiskane to get to know me a little better in a different platform. I'm excited. So let's, let's dive right in. What is the best piece of advice you have ever been given? I'm a big fan of a famous speech that was made by Teddy Roosevelt. It was called Citizenship of the Republic, but it's more commonly known as the man in the arena. The message in that short and powerful speech is centered around taking chances and never giving up. And he was speaking specifically about public service. It reminds us to not focus on the critics, to accept that we all make mistakes and we have setbacks. It's more about how we handle this these situations and what we learn from them and trying to avoid the possibility of loss or error. This is the advice that I've given my three children and I really try to pattern my decisions and my life after it. So running for office seems to perfectly align with the sentiment he conveyed at that time. That's cool. You know, maybe, maybe you could share a link with us so that I can put it in the show notes to that, uh, to that speech. I think that'd be cool. I would be happy to. It's, it's, it's short and powerful at the same time. Awesome. Awesome. So how did you end up living in the key? Uh, my story is pretty simple. I got married in 1993 and my husband was living in a condominium on Key Biscayne on Ocean Lane Drive. So I moved into his con- condominium. And then in 1996, we bought a house and we started a family and we've been here ever since. Um, however, that wasn't my first introduction to Key Biscayne because As a child, I grew up in Michigan, but my grandparents lived here in Miami. And my grandmother was Puerto Rican. So she managed to marry my grandfather, obviously, who was stationed in Puerto Rico many years ago and then had a career military life in the Air Force, fought in World War II and the Korean War, and promised her that when he retired, he would move back to keep back to Miami, excuse me and she would be able to be close to her home and she had some siblings here. So every time we came to visit, her favorite place in all of Miami was Key Biscayne because it reminded her of home. So we would visit Bill Baggs Park every time that I was here. And I had a distinct memory of it from my childhood. So has, have you seen Bill Baggs change a lot since your childhood? Hurricane Ander mm. was a big change with with bill bags because before that it had a lot of invasive species and obviously there was destruction with the hurricane but it created an opportunity for them to replant with all native plants so i think that's amazing and i'm also a huge fan of of the work that art urine did when he really opened it up to the residents of kibiskane and created a, a dialogue there between the park and our community and i think it exists till this to this day and is really an important part of the uniqueness of our island. So what are the most important things for you in your life today? Like most people, most lucky people, my family is my rock. And they're my biggest inspiration and my strongest supporters. 
Without the encouragement of my husband and my children, I wouldn't be running for office and by extension talking to you today. On a lighter note, I love my two dogs and you'll see me around the island with them a lot. And I cherish the good friends I've made both on and off the island. And the last thing is regular exercise is a huge part of my life. I've run many marathons and done a lot of distant activities and it, it keeps me grounded and sane at the same time. So you, you have three kids, as you mentioned, what are they up to now? I have two that are out of college and one that is going to be a senior at Mast Academy. So the two that are out of college, one of them is a software engineer for the Washington Post. And that's my son. And then my daughter is working for a nonprofit organization that is called the Independent Diplomat. And they provide diplomatic services for people and countries that don't have the resources to provide their own diplomats. That's pretty cool. And of course, and of course, the dogs are very important for the family. What are the names? Uh, my oldest is named Winston, and he just turned 13 yesterday, actually. And then I have a younger one named Emma, who's four, and they're both um, highly active Britneys, which are gun dogs. So they have, they're running around a lot. Cool. So. Let's talk a little bit about your past council experience. What are some of the best things that you remember or, or that you did, or what would you like to share with that, about that time? Well, first of all, I enjoyed it immensely. And I found myself looking at our island with entirely different eyes once I started serving and learning all the intricacies that go into not only running our government, but being responsive to the people who are requesting things from our government. So while I was in office, I took the lead on sponsoring some ordinances that positively impacted our environment at large and the daily quality of life on Key Biscayne. So for example, I sponsored a ban on gas-powered leaf blowers that exist today. And I also worked with the Miami Waterkeepers to present an ordinance to restrict fertilizer use on our island and even ban certain chemicals to try to help improve our water quality and obviously our air quality. Both of these ordinances were adopted by the council. Uh, I have also supported residents who've taken the lead on environmental issues, which I, I'm very proud of the people that started the composting, which is in collaboration again with Bill Bags Park. Um, there's some students that came before us to ask for funds for solar panels on Mast Academy, which will be put in place pretty soon. And also Manny Roan does uh, fill a bag project which I think you hosted him on your show. I did, I did. But I love, I love the initiative of learning to not only keep ourselves from putting trash on our beaches, but picking them up when we walk along our ocean shore. I, I want to, so, I want to circle back on the, on the gas power leaf blower. I mean, sure. <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's hard to podcast when you are have a leaf blower. <laughs> around outside of your window but what was the inspiration behind that other than people like me <laughs> well I would say that it absolutely started with that because I also am not a fan of the noise particularly of gas-powered leaf blowers and I don't really feel like they have a terribly useful purpose either because I feel like it just moves leaves from one direction to another so the, but when I started studying it, I found out even more details, which is these were actually started to move fertilizer around on crops. 
And the particular engine that gets used is absolutely horrible for the air quality. And that sound penetrates walls in a way that almost no other sound does. So it's, it's, a, it's not only a air quality issue and a sound quality issue, but it's terrible for the people that are running them. So um, we have adopted a electric lawnmower on my, in my house. Mm-hmm. And I think all of these equipment, all of this equipment will eventually be electric. And I would love to continue to spread that push throughout not only our village, but the county. Got it. Well, I think it was, it was great. It was great. And especially for those people that are walking around them too. I mean, it's not good for the person that is writing it. I mean, using it. And then the, the smell of people who are walking with their kids or family or running. Yeah. So I don't even think everyone on our island knows that they're actually illegal. I call code enforcement with some regularity to report the use of it throughout the island. And because it's, it is literally illegal to do it. I didn't know when we were talking before we jumped on the show, I didn't know that they were illegal. If I would have known, I would have called them on Ocean Lane Drive when I was living there. Like I would have been that person, you know, I would have been that person. <laughs> they would have known me by name, the code team at the Village of Kings Kid. Is it you again, today, Alejandro? Yes, it's me. Yeah, starting today, you can do that. <laughs> I will. And empowered. Please join me. Join me in my, my path to try to eliminate all of them on our island. Oh, I will. Oh, I will. I will. So just to mention a couple other things that I, that I did, um, I was really instrumental in putting an evaluation process in place for the, what we call the charter employees. There's three people that work at the, at the direct behest of the council, which is our village manager, it's our village attorney and our clerk. And we really didn't, before I got on council, have a way to put in paper um, an evaluation process. All the other employees of the village get evaluated by the manager because he runs, he or she runs the village, but we didn't do that for our charter employees. So hmm. the four years that I was in office, we, the first year, it, it took a year to put it in place. And then we evaluated people for the next three years. And I would absolutely want to continue that process. Um, another thing that I did is at the urging of a resident on Key Biscayne who had unfortunately lost her son to a tragic car accident, a bike, he was on a bike and he was hit when someone was looking at their phone. So she had been advocating for tougher laws with texting in cars. Mm-hmm. And prior to, to, I think it was 2018 that this happened, it was a secondary offense. So you couldn't even be pulled over for texting and driving. So she and I went up to the state and we lobbied to have stricter laws, which were successful that year that we lobbied. And now it's considered a primary offense. So someone can be pulled over. And then in school areas all over the state, you must have a complete handheld ban. You're not allowed to pick up your phone. So I think that improves not only the safety on our island, but throughout the state. Do you went to Tally? Yes, I went to Tallahassee. And was that I actually friend? went with um, Bausto Gomez, another can- another candidate for mayor up there. And how was that experience? It was great. I had never spent time in Tallahassee and I went up two times as a council member for that. And then also to advocate for some assistance with our undergrounding and our beach renourishment. So you met with, with lawmakers 
to to make yes. to get the text in the cars, making it a primary offense. Yes, I went before the committees and advocated and also listened to other stories of people similar to our resident who had had some tragic circumstances. That is pretty cool to go up there. Not that many people go up there, you know, to to yes. fight for for the things that they believe in. So can you tell me a little bit more about the evaluation for the three charter employees, the manager, the attorney, and the clerk? What was the inspiration behind that? I think that's pretty cool. Well, thank you. Uh, the inspiration is that I feel strongly that we need to have records of, of how people are doing. And it's not so much when everything's going well that we need it, but if things aren't going well, we need documentation to support some actions that we may take. And I also think it's really important to have feedback. There's hmm. the reason it's complicated is because they don't, they work for a body. They don't work for a person. So I can sit down and have an evaluation with them, but there's six other council members that need to have an evaluation. And we have to be able to delicately handle this in a way that also has a public process because those evaluations become public records for anybody to look at. And so that makes it sensitive and you have to be really careful on how you do it. But we, we spent some time coming up with the form and the process by which we would do it. And I thought it worked quite well. So I'm, I'm hoping that's still in place. And I would certainly look to make sure that we did that on a regular basis. And, and who does the evaluation? Is it the council or the, or the village residents? It's the council because oh, okay. the, it makes sense. The, they work, the residents can't do a full value. I mean, they're doing it informally all the time, I think, looking at how, how the village is being run and how they feel about it. But no, it makes sense. I mean, feedback is important. Uh, you know, putting together a list of lessons learned, how can we improve from here? It's good. It's good for, for everybody. We also included in the evaluation goals for the next year. So it allowed us to say what we would like to see out of each of these people and, and then hear from them what they would like to do. So I think it's a healthy process, no matter where you're doing it. Cool. So what inspired you to run for mayor? First of all, I love this community and I love how passionate the residents feel about it. There's a personal investment here that's remarkably unique. When I ran for council in 2016, I was a newcomer to the political landscape. There are many people that have spent decades helping us. We've, we've all heard the stories of our incorporation and without the people that chose to make a difference, we would potentially still be with Dade County. And I think we're richer for, for the things that they did and I, I respect that tremendously. So I've used their inspiration to learn about the issues that face us today. I've met with leaders at the local, state, and federal level to search for solutions to problems that we face. I attended multiple climate change workshops and community forums where issues were presented and solutions were discussed. I feel that my recent experience and the relationships I've built along the way at all those levels will allow me to hit the ground running if I'm lucky enough to serve as the next mayor of this game. Awesome, well, good luck. I'm you know, wishing everybody good luck. I mean, everybody has, uh... A good love for the key. So that's important. That's important. So what, what are the most important issues that the key is going through right now, in, in your opinion? And then also, what would you do to um, tackle them or solve them? I think the first one that we need to discuss, and it'll be on our minds for a long time, is climate change and the resulting issues that surround that based on our location. 
We're a barrier island. We sit between Biscayne Bay and the Atlantic Ocean. And we have to be very cognizant of that fact. The sea level has, has been proven to be rising slowly. Uh, we have obviously always had flooding on our streets. Um, you see pictures in the 60s and 70s of kayaks going through, the, going through our streets after big storms. So it's not a new problem, but I think that it is something that we can always work to do better. And I think it's becoming more important it will affect our insurance rates. It'll affect our ability to get to and from our homes and we need to take action. So the way I would do this is really a multi-pronged approach. I think that's the only way that we can get success. And we, number one, we have worked tirelessly and for the four years I was on council to get into a study with the Army Corps of Engineers and they would potentially fund uh, renourishment of our beaches for 50 years. Now, there's a lot of conditions that come with that, and we are still trying to find the right study and the right funding. It's just recently been switched. I have stayed in contact with people at the Army Corps on this particular issue, but I think that there's a really good payoff at the end, so we need to continue that fight. I also think we need to continue to work with the city of Miami to get a removal site for the sargasm that we see on our beaches that increases in the summer. And we need to find the right balance between removal and allowing nature to do what it does. And the Bill Baggs State Park treats their sargasm very differently than we do. So I would like to have another conversation with them to find the way to have beaches that people want to be on, but also to keep it as natural as possible. I think we need to do a deep analysis of um, options to be a test case for some research institute or a university to see if they would basically adopt Key Biscayne to try some innovative things with sea change and potentially get funding. And if none of those work, I think we have to move forward on an action plan to get our power lines underground, to get our stormwater, continue to improve our stormwater system and to address the issues on the beaches. So we do need to act. We have resources and we have to do it responsibly, but it's time to make those decisions. So the second issue is the causeway. We've had a lot of news about the causeway recently and it isn't a new issue. We have three jurisdictions that are impacted. We don't have ownership of the causeway and we don't have control of it, but we are part of the county and it's important that we be considered because we're the only community that requires the use of this causeway to get to and from our homes. And I think that's respected by the current administration. I think we have an opportunity to work not only with Commissioner Regalado, but also Mayor Levine Cava to see what their priorities are for this road and to let them know what ours are before another plan is put in the laps of the commissioners. So I think it's important to work with them and I think that we have potential to get federal dollars. I, I personally would like to see this road stay public, not private, if at all possible, but I'm always open to different alternatives if there's a better solution out there. I do think we should set up a meeting for residents to attend before the end of the year and discuss the community priorities because things may come up that I haven't thought about. And then share that information with the county and with the city of Miami. I think that it's important to collaborate, like I said before, and then also um, 
make sure that we're heard and we may need to fund a plan so that the county has and done their option. I thought it was very interesting that you could do a no bid contract and basically create an idea that then had to be rejected as opposed to a discussion about adopting the plan. So that was very enlightening to me. Uh, third, safety and security with the island. I'm a big fan of the new police chief's initiatives to get more officers on the streets. I think continuing to educate our residents about keeping their car doors locked so that we don't become an attractive nuisance. And it becomes, I think to some extent, it's absolutely a place, even though it takes 10 minutes to get on and off our island, we are a community that people look to do some easy crimes, and I'd like to change that narrative outside of our island. So the last thing that's important to me is that we work on our political division and mistrust within our community. I've, I saw it in the last election. I felt it when I sat on council, and I don't think it's beneficial for us. So I would do everything in my power to try to bridge those gaps and to make all the residents of Key Biscayne feel like their government is representing them as a whole and not as factions. So we, uh, let's say, let's say you, you do win, what would be the top three things you would do as soon as you take office? Um, well, speaking about those issues that I just talked about mm -hmm. at some length, I, I would push forward an, an action plan for stormwater improvements and undergrounding of the existing overhead utilities. We already have about a third of the island underground. So a key to this is coming up with the right financing mechanism. Um, but we spent a lot of money on planning. We have a beautiful plan from the consultants of Kimberly Horn. We had an undergrounding committee. We had a website to educate residents. And we had a separate study of how to appropriate the funding. So I think we need to take all of those efforts, put them together and put an action plan in place and then include the other resiliency efforts that are out there that need to be done. I think we need to tackle the Rickenbacker Causeway head, head on and come up with solutions that hopefully make a difference to us. I mean, we had a reactive situation recently because of the bikers that died and the speed limit got dropped 10 miles an hour. I understand that. I don't think it necessarily resolves the problem I personally was the victim of a hit and run on the Rickenbacker. So I know what that experience is to go to rider trauma after being hit by a car and the people never got caught. So I do think safety is important, but I recognize how difficult it is to, to meet the needs of individual bikers, the Peloton groups and the motorists. And it becomes, as we get more and more populated, which the pandemic brought more people to Miami than ever, it becomes more important to try to solve this and separate so that we can live and peacefully coexist. So the last thing that I would really like to do as an initiative is implement a refresh and reuse plan within our village. I think we need to always take stock of all of our public spaces and buildings, but it would be a good time to do that now. What items that we've already invested in need to be refreshed? and to maintain the high standards in our parks, our beaches and our streets. I frequent our dog park. As I told you, I have my two dogs. I walk and run on our streets and I'm in our community center regularly. So I see the wear and tear that these places get. And I think that we can 
do a little bit better job on keeping them as fresh as possible and using dollars to do that before things go into disrepair. I'd also like to do an analysis of all the space that the village has. After the pandemic, I think we need to look at everything with fresh eyes and see, are there better ways to use certain spaces? Can we reduce space in certain areas and add additional services? So pretty much every community space we have, our residents put, tend to fill up and I think that's fantastic. But I'd like to make sure that we, we give them the best experience possible in those spaces on a continuum. We are a small village, so our space is limited. So it's always good to take a look at it and see how we're using it, no? Mm -hmm. So how much time do you plan to dedicate to the role of the mayor? I don't have a fixed number of hours to provide mm -hmm. you because the demands of the position will fluctuate depending on whatever's happening in current events and in the community. However, with me, you have the benefit of evaluate, evaluating my recent body of work and time on council. Any resident who watched our meetings is well aware that I prepared for every issue at every meeting. I will meet the demands of this new role with the same intensity and respect. So I take the responsibility for make, making decisions on behalf of everyone in the village and spending everyone's money very seriously. I wouldn't seek this position if I didn't have the time to dedicate to it. It isn't how I operate. So it's pretty much whatever it takes. I will make sure I get it done. Got it. So looking at the village of Kibiskade now, what do you think are some of the things that the village is doing well? Uh, first, I think our emerging emergency planning is particularly strong, especially when dealing with hurricanes. Uh, when I was on council, I was extremely impressed on how everybody kicked into gear and everybody has a specific role. And Irma actually happened right after I was elected. So there was an evacuation necessary and then a re-entry and it all ran incredibly smoothly. So I have to really applaud our public safety officers for how they handle that and how prepared they are to protect us in that time of need. The other thing I think we do wonderfully is our community programming. It's robust and it's particularly strong for our seniors and our children's sports programs. We even have an ever-expanding cultural programming that's driven by mostly by the passion of our residents. We've obviously had the 4th of July parade and winter festival, festival for a long time, but we now have a piano festival. We have summer shorts that have been around for quite a while. And even last year we had a TEDx talk. So these are all driven by residents and they continue to explore and expand different opportunities for the benefit of everyone. So I think that's amazing. I think our public transportation options are also really impressive. We were the first community to have freebie and we worked specifically on getting funding through the county with their transit tax, which required at the time a circulating route, which we had, but we did, we, we were also flexible because we realized not that many people were using that. So we made the decision as a council to put more freebies on the on-demand system. I still think we need more because on busy nights, it's hard to get one of those. But I think as a council, ideally, we, uh, we manage to get residents to think about their cars as just a, a vehicle to come and go from the island. And once you get here, let's use other forms of transportation. Let's ease our parking spots. 
let's ease our roads to the best of our ability and let's continue to press on everybody how important it is to get out there. It's better for our environment and it's better for people's frustrations. It reduces them. It just, it's a win-win. So the last thing I'd like to say is that we as a community are very innovative. We have adopted programs on the front end of things and sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. Uh, I was there when we brought Lime Bike to the island, which was a, a rental car, or excuse me, a rental bike service. Mm -hmm. They actually wanted to put electric scooter, scooters in our community, and we chose to say no to that option, which is why they left, because they didn't find it financially feasible to keep the bike program in place without the scooters. So now we're facing issues, obviously, with electric, personal electric scooters, but, and those were many of the reasons why we didn't want to put those in our community as a rental option. But I think the point is that we're always looking for ways to do things differently and new and fresh. And I would, I, if I were mayor, I would continue to try to explore those options. So as mayor, you're going to be dealing with your council member colleagues and then residents. How would you work with those that oppose your ideas? I would adopt three things, which are listen, respect, and discuss. So I would always listen, and I always have listened to people's points of view, whether it aligns with mine or not. And I respect the right of everybody to give that point of view. And, and I've learned when I've had a certain decision, once I've studied it more, a lot of times I come to a different a different decision and a different result. And I think it's important to get the input of everybody. So discussion after listening and respecting someone's view and having a point and a counterpoint to reach a final conclusion, I think is really important. And lastly, particularly on council, I think it's also incredibly important that once we reach a decision and take a vote, that we all respect it and we live with it and we move on as a group. I think that unity is important and it sends a good message to the rest of the village, to the residents anyway. After your term or terms, um, what would you like to be remembered as? I would like to be remembered as someone who was personable and respectful of the office and also persistent and creative for the best interests of the island in both the short term and the long term. So more specifically, I'd like to be known as someone who can run an efficient meeting with my fellow council members, which finding the balance between open discussion and making sure that we keep our priorities and that we are responsive to the residents and they don't have to sit for hours to bring a point in front of us. There's a specific flow to the meeting. So this is not the easiest thing to do, but I would work mm. really hard to try and, and do that within the confines of the structure of the meeting. So I also wanna be a mayor that after putting proper planning in place actually acts on things. It's very, it's much easier to plan than to act because acting means that you are dedicating resources and you're making a final decision on something. But I pride myself on being able to do that. And I would like to bring that to the role of mayor and be thought, be remembered as that. I'd also like to be considered inclusive and I want new people to get engaged in our government. One of my favorite moments as a council member was when a resident commented in a public meeting that a conversation with me had given her the courage to speak at a council meeting on a specific issue. And she's a longtime resident. 
So mm -hmm. I would like to hear more stories like that. I think that's fantastic. I think it's really important to get new people engaged and involved in the government. So lastly, I really want to attend the grand opening of our new library before leaving office. That would be really important to me. And I'm really proud that that's coming to our community. So public service can be very stressful. What are some of the things you do to relax? I'm a pretty simple person. And depending on my mood, I will either go exercise to get up a healthy sweat and sort of relax my brain that way. Or if I'm in a more mellow mood, I really enjoy having a glass of wine with my husband and sitting in our living room. It's a great place to unwind. So uh, what makes you uh, stand out from other candidates? First and foremost, I served on the council recently and I have a proven track record. You may agree or disagree with decisions that I made, but you can easily evaluate my temperament and my preparation. Based on that knowledge, you don't have to guess how I will handle the position of mayor. I am the candidate with the best understanding of the current issues facing the island today. I worked on them directly. I know many of the people who are assisting us in our efforts to resolve them. We're in a very different place than we were when we first incorporated. The demands have shifted since incorporation, and my recent service gives me a leg up on those issues. I'm the only candidate with a child still in our school system. My son will be a senior at MAST Academy. And this gives me a good understanding of the current relationship between our three public schools and what they offer the children on the island of Key Biscayne. I recognize how important the success of the K through eight, the Mast Academy and the Coral Gables High School are to the success of our island. So I think those are three big issues that I bring to the table. So a, a different type of question now. So let's say you have a last minute guest. What is your go-to meal? Well, if it's in our warm months, which are about 10 of the 12 months of the year, I would probably throw something on the grill, um, vegetables and protein. But if it's cold outside, I would lean towards an Italian dinner, most likely a pasta boulonnaise or a risotto of some kind. Ooh, sounds good. So before we conclude, I have two more questions on Kiwi's cane. What, what do you love most about the key? I love the intimate and low-key vibe that exists on our island and that we all are invested in. Being able to drive around in a golf cart or on a bike to get errands done sets a tone that you just can't find anywhere else in the county and very few places in the country. I love the civic engagement that exists out here, even where you don't expect it. When I first ran for office, the thing I was most nervous about was knocking on people's doors to ask them for their vote. I was pleasantly surprised how kind people were to me. I even had one woman who brought me into her backyard to show me the pole, the power pole, that she was sure would fall in her house in the next tropical storm. So by and large, people were very respectful and nice and engaged. I love the diversity of the population that lives out here on my street, which is literally one block long. We have people who are from Germany, Austria, Scotland, Argentina, Cuba, Cuba, Brazil, Venezuela, and last but not least, the United States. I think that's amazing. It gives us an ability to learn from each other in ways that doesn't exist in many places. I also love the drive on the causeway, especially as the sun is coming up or going down. Those times of day are particularly beautiful to me. And either way, you head, it gives you serenity, whether you're leaving or coming onto the island. 
So lastly, uh, what is a perfect weekend for you in the key? It would start with an early morning swim or run, either outside or in our community center, depending on the weather, and followed by a leisurely coffee hour at home while my family's still sleeping. So I'd have that time to myself. The best days also include some activity around our house that needs to be completed. And then I would jump in our pool with our dogs and my family members. So at the end of the day, I would have dinner with friends because I find that to be a very rewarding cap. Ideally, I don't leave the island, especially during the high traffic times that we have been experiencing on the weekends. But with a little bit of luck, we can make that better. Awesome. Katie, thank you so much for jumping on the show and telling us all about your story. Hopefully, residents can get to know you a little bit more and uh, try to make a more informed decision. Well, I appreciate the time that you've given me and the opportunity that you provide. You're one of the reasons and one of the experiences that I was mentioning, which is having residents enrich the community as much as the government. Thank you. Thank thank you. you. Thank you.